Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. I was reading something um, in, uh, according to the USA Today, and it said nearly 62 million Americans do volunteer work, and that would include people in the church. And it said the value of that volunteer time is $162 billion. And so volunteering in America and volunteering and being a part of a local church and serving is vital. It's important to what God wants us to do. And I believe this. I believe that many people are discontent. I believe that they don't have fulfillment and purpose because they are not serving and using the gift that God has given them. And even if you don't know what your gift is, if you'll begin to serve, you'll find out. You will find out what that gift is. Amen? So... I want to talk to you this morning about serving will change the world. Serving will change the world. Now, I'm not talking generally. I'm talking to you individually and us corporately as a body here at the church. As we serve, it changes the world. That's for sure. Because, you know, when we come to the Lord and we come into the family of God, as some did here this morning, he opens an avenue and a way for us that has great possibilities. We come into that loving relationship with Him. And then at that point in time, because we do, His love is on the inside of us. And because of that love, we in turn want to do something to help others. That's what Jesus, He modeled for us when He was here in the earth, didn't He? But when He comes in, He brings that love. And we have love for those who are oppressed, those who are in lack of whatever kind, those who need honor and compassion. God wants us to uh, extend that to the people that we're around. And how much better, there's not a better way to do it than through serving in your local church. Now, you may be here this morning, and this is not your local church. It doesn't matter. This is not just a Redemption Church message. This is a message that is for every single local assembly. God wants us uniting as one, joining hands together to do the work that He has given us to do. And you know this, that churches have um, God-given uh, assignments that have been given to them. Not every church is the same. And the, the assignment that God has given Redemption Church, you have been brought here and given gifts and abilities that will complement that vision and that dream. God wants us to reach out and touch people in our community as they come into this church, as we go outside these church walls, and He wants us to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to tell you, that doesn't happen through a few people. That happens through many people getting a vision, having a dream, and that love of God that is in their heart, that they extend it to others to cause a difference. And that's how the world is changed. 
You see, for a long time, I would see the many problems in the world and even in our city and even in our church. And, you know, I would think, my goodness, how can I make a difference? How can one life like mine, such an ordinary person, how can I make a difference? I may not be able to change everywhere in everything that is going on. But I do have a realm where I can touch people with the love of Jesus Christ. You say, well, I don't know what my gift is. Love people. Extend compassion to people. And see, we give you every opportunity to do that. We can't do it in the whole world all at one time. But because we can't do that, zero in on what we can do. You can change lives. You can change the lives of your family. You can change the lives of friends and acquaintances. How? Through the love of Jesus Christ. Through the serving that God gives you the privilege of joining Him in. You see, God modeled and exemplified through Jesus Christ servanthood. And we can take that same model and we can follow it. Amen? All right. But we come to the Lord and we receive Him as our Lord and Savior. And then after that, we come to discover what our gifts, talents, and abilities are. And then He expects us to use them. Now, if you're not in a local church, you can't work through that a local church then to accomplish the building of God's kingdom. But when you're in a local church and you're extended a hand that says, come join us in the work that we're doing for the Lord, that's your invitation and you can do it. And I know how it is. There's so many times that we feel we're inadequate that we don't have what it takes. But I'm going to tell you, if you know the Lord Jesus and you've got that love that I've been talking about this morning, you have the ability to serve and change your world. You do. Now, it, it's not unique with me, but we've heard it many times that God uses ordinary people. He uses ordinary people and He does extraordinary things. But you see, you have to place your life in the hands of the one who can help you be able to do that. And I don't know whether you realize this or not, but the means whereby God will give you to use, grow, and develop your spiritual gifts is in the local church. That's where it's going to happen. Amen? Now, listen to this. This is out of 1 Peter 4.10 in the Living Bible. God has giving, given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other, passing on to other, others God's many kinds of blessings. Now look, pass on God's many diverse kinds of blessings to other people. And how is it going to come that we pass on the blessings to other people? Through the gifts and abilities that God has placed in our life. You know, every week we have people as we come together and they are offering their gifts and abilities so that others can be blessed. 
This morning while we're in this sanctuary, there are people that are in children's ministry. There's people that are in the nursery and the preschool, and they're taking care of those little babies. And they're gifted to do that, many of them. And if they're not, they're still giving themselves over to the Lord to be used to bring blessing to other people. But you know, one thing I have found, when you use your gift for God, He will help you discover what your real gifts are. I tell people all the time, just begin to serve. If you don't know what you need to be doing, if you don't know what your gifts and abilities are, then just begin to serve. And through your serving, what will happen, it will just begin to emerge and come up out of your life what God has called and purposed for you and your life. We don't have to be in the dark about that. Now, I've shared it many times, but even in my own life, I began years and years ago before I was ever in the ministry. And I, when I was serious about my relationship with the Lord, because I played around with it for a little while. But once I was serious about my relationship with the Lord, I decided whatever my church needs for me to do, and you have to understand smaller churches, you know, whatever they need for me to do, I'm going to do it. And so if they needed someone to do a specific thing, if they needed someone to teach, I'll do it. Was I the best teacher? No, I didn't even know the Scripture very well, but I could get in the Bible and read it. I could do that. I knew, uh, you know, to, to, to take the kids in the right direction in, in serving the Lord in the right way of living, I could do that. Well, if they needed someone to cook, okay, I'll do that. And I couldn't cook too good. Now, now it's not that way. I can cook and I do all right. But at that particular time where you say, well, I could do the paper products, I could do whatever. But, you know, I didn't let that stop me from serving. Now, some, I can hear some of the women, well, that's right, I can buy the soft drinks or, you know, the paper products. No, you don't stay that way. Grow. Learn to cook. Well, we won't get off on that. And all you husbands, I don't know why we didn't hear a big amen to that. But anyway, here we can see that Peter was telling us that God has given each of you. Everybody say each. That, that means that there's not one or two that are left out. And see, maybe you've never realized this about yourself. Maybe you've never considered that God has placed in you these special abilities that He wants you to bless other people with. Maybe you've never thought of that before. Maybe it's always been one person or another that you thought, well, they have it, I see their gift. Or I see this one's gifts. You know, as I look around this room right now, I just see people and I see, uh, I can just think just very readily about the gifts and abilities and what you do here and what a difference you make, you see. And so, but some people come to the Lord and they think that's all that it is. But when you come to the Lord, then you're to start serving and working. It's what Paul called, or, or what scholars call the Pauline paradox. You're saved through faith. 
by grace. But once you come in, then it's time to work, to plug in, to serve, to take your special abilities and gifts and do something for the Lord, serve and make a difference and change your world. I hear it all the time. I hear people say to me, write me notes and all kinds of things. And they'll say, you know what I have learned in this church about serving and developing my gift has helped me in the workplace. It's helped me in relationships. It's helped me become a more rounded person, a better Christian, and certainly it will. When you serve, it sharpens you. You learn how to deal with relationships. You know, you come in and maybe you don't know how to deal with relationships. And you know, people rub you the wrong way. You rub others the wrong way. Could it be? Yes, it could because we're humans, aren't we? We've got our quirks. We've got our personalities. But I can tell you through serving in the kingdom of God, it will change a lot of that. And you will be better able to relate to other people, better able, uh, uh, you know, to connect with other people and work through difficult times and situations. You think that would help you on your job? You know, when you, you read about businesses, one of the top things that, that um, employers have problems with, it's people getting along with one another. Well, in the house of the Lord, you learn how to get along with each other because you don't just quit every time something doesn't go your way. You know, sometimes, or do we? In the house of God, you know, we don't need to be toddlers all our life. And you know, when things don't go our way, throw the pacifier down and start beating our head on the floor or whatever we do as a toddler. We, we can grow and develop and take those gifts and abilities. Do you know that what all of those kinds of things, the relational difficulties and problems for the main, you know, we need to grow through them. But for the main part, they're given to stop us by the enemy from being able to grow and develop in the gifts that God has given us. And why would that be to stop you? If you, if you have the ability through Jesus Christ to see more changes in this world and He can stop you from developing and growing, do you not think He will do that? You hear it all the time. Well, I've been offended in church. Boy, I sure have too. But you know what I decided? That I'll be like Jesus and I won't take the offense. And we need to make that decision because... And I don't, I'm not saying that in a light way because I know that sometimes in church life, you can be devastated through things that happen. But God wants you growing and developing and going past those hurts and wounds and being able to be a mature, productive Christian in the house of God. Amen? And serving in a way that will change your world and the world of those that you come in contact with. Those of us this morning... Uh, there could be many in this room. And, and if you would just allow yourself, you could begin to think about people that God has sent into your life that you have been able through that compassion 
and um, honor for people and honor for God and, and just wanting to see the oppressed go free and that kind of thing. If you would begin to think about, you can think about the ways that God has used you to touch their life. And there'll be people that are there for many of us. Some of us, maybe not so much, but see what is so great. It's never too late to come in. It's never too late to start making a difference. It's never too late to, to start serving and using your gifts and abilities. And, and here Peter is saying each one of us, every one of us, not anyone in this room is left out. You have special abilities to bring the blessing of God into the lives of people that you influence, that you're working with, that you serve in the local church with, in your family. You have an assignment from God. And we can serve to make a difference and change our world. Amen? I want you to take your Bibles this morning. And I want you to turn with me to John 13. Are you listening? If you're not, I'm going to preach real loud and wake you up. I'm just teasing. Maybe. Okay, John 13. And we're going to start here... um, with verse number two. Now let me tell you, I I said earlier that Jesus modeled and exemplified for us as a Christian what a servant really is. And I want us just to read these scriptures here. You might have seen them before, you might not have, but let's look at it in a fresh light this morning. In verse number 2 of John 13, And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. And after that, he pours water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Now, I want us to look at that. During that time, if you just think about this, um, the people in that day, you know, they traveled on dusty roads. They didn't have asphalt and concrete. They traveled on those dusty roads, and they wore sandals. And can't you imagine the dirt and dust that was on their feet and anything else that would have been around them? You know, I was just, I heard this lately, and, and it was kind of a health thing, and they were talking about uh, how we wear, uh, you know, the uh, flip-flops. How many of you have some? I love those things. All kinds, you know, with, you know, just stones on them and, you know, platform, just all kinds of flip-flops. We, we ladies, we like that. And you guys, you even like them too, not the same kind that we do. But anyway, this health report, and they were talking about they got someone's shoes like that, and they tested them for all the the different uh, germs and bacteria, everything that was on their shoes. Can you imagine? Horrible, isn't it? Well, those people during that day, they had open shoes. They were walking around. Their feet were dirty. And you know, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was not too good to wash their feet. And he said, I'm going to show you what a real servant is. A real servant is not one who says, well, I'm too good to do that. Don't they know I'm this? And don't they know I'm the leader of that? Jesus didn't say that. 
He bowed his knee with that basin of water and he began to wash dirty feet. And I'm going to give you one more twist on this. Not only did he begin to wash the feet of those that were going to take the gospel that he was entrusting to them, he washed the feet of his enemy. He knew that Judas was going to betray him and he washed his feet anyway. And you know, I know how I am and I'm just human like you. And if I were going to do that and there was someone I knew that had been ragging me and you know, having fried Pastor Nora over lunch or something. You know what I would do? I'd say, okay, everybody, come over here. We're, gonna, we're just going to have a foot washing. We need to get humble. You know, and I'd wash everybody's feet until I came to the one that I knew that was doing that, and I'd just go around them. You know, but Jesus didn't do that. We don't need to go around people that have things going on in their life. And that we want to avoid. Now, we don't associate with people and become best friends with people that have got sin and wrong things going on in their life. But I'm going to tell you, the light of Jesus Christ and the love and the compassion that Jesus showed can melt all that out of their life. And they see something that is different. I want people to see something different in Redemption Church, don't you? I don't want it to be church as usual. I don't want it to be this click and that click and this person, you know, that all they want to do is cause trouble everywhere they go. I want it to be all we want to do is just cause the love of Jesus to erupt like a volcano and His compassion to be there. I'm going to tell you, if you're going to wash your enemy's feet, you, you got to be a mature Christian. You've got, got to be selfless. Not selfish, but selfless. You've got to have self-control because everything in us doesn't want to do anything for our enemy, does it? Nothing. But Jesus modeled this in His life. And the Bible says He laid aside His garments. There's something in this, and I've said it many times before when I've spoken on these kinds of things, but... It, is, it just resonates with me. It's just so strong in my spirit that Jesus laid aside His garments. In other words, you know, when you come into church, we all have a garment, so to speak. You know, we do this in life, and, and we have this title in life, you know, and, and we have to lay aside those things and come in and serve. I remember years ago uh, when I was in Jack Hayford's church, and uh, we went in, and I don't know if you remember Dean Jones, but he used to play in a lot of the Walt Disney films, you know. But Dean Jones was receiving an offering. Here's a movie star in the church receiving an offering. He was an usher. And so he had to lay aside that garment and say, I, re I pick up the garment of a servant. And that's what each one of us need to do. And, and, and you know, we've got people... Uh, that are on all different levels, you know, prominent people that others know that do lots of great things, you know, in the marketplace. And we've got those in between and those, you know, that some might look at and say, well, they're insignificant. But God said, all the parts are important. <laughs> but we all, no matter what, we have to lay aside those garments that we have and we have to pick up the garment of servanthood and put it on, and we need to follow Jesus' example. Amen? Very, very important. Um, 
Let's read here some scriptures. I'm going to go to verse number 14 in this same chapter. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought, ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. Now I'm going to tell you, I believe that many people are not happy in life. And I told it a minute ago, the person who does, you know, causes more trouble in the church are usually the people that don't do very much. You know why? Because they're not happy. If you do these kinds of things, if you are a servant, if you take upon you, like Philippians 2 talks about, the, the a form of a servant, that's what Jesus did. He made himself of no reputation and he began to be a servant. He knew he was the Son of God, but he became a servant. And if we do that and follow his instructions, then happy are we. Okay, so you could say, if you do not serve, I don't think I'm adding anything to it. If you do not, you know, just yield yourself to the Lord, surrender your gifts, your talents and abilities to Him, and become a servant, then you will not be happy. I think you will not find purpose. You will not find fulfillment. Now, it's not, it's not just good enough that you serve once, or I remember 10 years ago, or I remember last year. This is something that takes you until you go home to be with the Lord. Now, we may get older. We may have to change what we do in serving, but I'm going to tell you, as long as we live, we need to be serving others with this compassionate love and care that I'm talking about this morning. And again, it may change, but still we need to do it. Do you know that people live longer and have more satisfied lives when they retire if they will volunteer and serve others? Well, how much more should we be doing it in our local church? I know that charities out there, I do things, you do things, and that's fine and great, but you don't do that to the exclusion of your local church. This is the church. Is, is, this is the entity. This is the, the, the purpose for the child of God to bring those abilities and those talents into God's house and minister it to other people, minister them to other people. Amen? And so, if you want to be happy in life, that didn't say if you want to be problem-free. It didn't say if you, if you want to be frustration-free, because all those things, you're going to have troubles. There's going to be fr frustration. Well, don't tell the leaders, say, don't tell everybody that because they won't want to serve. No, you're going to serve anyway because you love the Lord knowing that those things are there, but He gifts you and helps you and your leaders help you to be able to come through all those things. Amen? All right. So, um, we can see there and understand that Jesus modeled for us how to be a servant. 
I was really struck by the fact that even after Jesus' resurrection, you remember his disciples were coming toward him, uh, you know, I guess in a boat on the water one day, and he was up on the shore. He had built a fire, and he was fixing their breakfast. Well, I would never do that for anybody. They ought to be fixing breakfast for me. Well, Jesus didn't have that kind of attitude, and thank God he didn't. And he wants the attitude to be in us that was in Christ Jesus. And that is, if somebody needs some food, it's okay, we can cook that. You know, and, and if you'll look at it one way, you know, that, that whatever you sow, that is what you're going to reap. Now, that's not why we do it, but you cook for someone. And God will help you in the time where you need somebody to help you. It's a seed. Everything we do is a seed. We don't do it for that purpose, but it's a kingdom principle. And so if we sow, we're going to reap. If we sow a life of selfishness and self-centeredness, never doing anything to help, never connecting with other people, never serving to change our world, then that's exactly what we're going to reap back into our life. And I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't want that. And I tell you what, when I go to heaven, I want to have some rewards. And while I'm on this earth, I want to make a difference now. Do you? Well, you can. And like I said before, it's never too late. All right, Matthew 20, verse 26 and 27 says this. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Amen? Do you know that we are servants and we're free? You think a lot of times of servants and they have to do what they do. But see, in Jesus, we are free in Him. And we are free to wash feet. We are free to cook those fish. We are free to serve and help someone else get from, you know, way down in the parking lot up here with our golf cart. We are free to be a parking attendant out there that has a friendly smile and a wave for people that are coming in and maybe they're having a really rough time and they've not been here before and they don't know what's going to happen when they get here and they don't know what to expect. But guess what? That parking attendant, through the love of Jesus, serving, disarms them. Hey, there's a friendly pe person. They want me in here. You know? And then those greeters at the door. The people that take care of our guests. Our ushers that, that do so much to make a service comfortable for us. We're making a difference. Amen? And I tell you, if you want to be great, how many of you want to be great? I want to be great. Well, I see some hands just... No. I want to be great. And I'm not talking about establishing my own self and my own agenda. I'm talking about being great in the kingdom of God for the Lord. Amen? But he says, whoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Whoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Now that is a powerful statement because in this world, 
The world will tell you, if you want to be great, this is the way you have to do it. You get on that ladder and climb up, and everybody that gets in your way, you just give them a little shove, or you just step on their hands, and you know you get them off the rung of that ladder. You do whatever you have to do to work around them, and you'll be great one day. But Jesus said, you can do it the world's way, or you can do it my way. And if you want to be great among the congregation, then you make sure that you are a minister and that you are a servant in the household of God. It changes your whole outlook, doesn't it? When you look in the Scripture and you begin to... You know, the Bible says that the Word of God is like a mirror. And see, when we look into the mirror of God's Word, instead of seeing that old, ugly image of selfishness and self-centeredness, we can see the image of Jesus Christ, who is the true servant, who will lay aside His garment, take on the form of a servant, and wash feet, or cook the fish, Or in other words, do whatever it takes. Amen? And that's what we need to do. Now, again, we saw that everybody has abilities. They have special abilities. Not one is left out. Everyone has them. And we're to use those gifts to change our world and to make a difference. Now, we can use our gifts by focusing in on what our passion is. And what do I mean by that? If I say Billy Graham to you, what does that mean? What, what do you think Billy Graham's passion is? What would you think? Evangelism. Winning souls. That's what he really excels in. And then someone else's passion, if I said James Dobson, what would you say that his passion is? The family. See, we all know that. Well, see, there are things that are in our life that we're passionate about. And then maybe that way we could possibly find out what God wants us to do and how He wants us to go about it. Amen? You can be a a passionate, soul-winning usher. Doesn't mean that you have to be an evangelist because that's your passion. It fits into where God has you. If I said this, this morning, Mother Teresa, what would you say? Helping the poor and the needy. That was her passion. And you see, each one of us, God gives us passion. And we need to follow that and we need to focus in on it. Amen? That's very important. I want to talk to you real quickly here this morning about three myths that have paralyzed the church. Three myths that have paralyzed the church. And the first myth is, only the special ones can serve. That's the first one. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says, But now hath God set the members, every one in the body, as it has pleased Him. So we're all set in the body, and we all have specific, particular functions that we operate in the body with. And so there's no one that is left out in serving. No one. 
Every one of us are called to serve. And so that's a myth, and that has to be um, brought to light. It needs to be the, the, the cloak stripped away so that we can see every one of us, when we come to Jesus Christ, then He expects us to be a servant like He is a servant and use our giftings in the local church. Amen? Uh, Romans 12, 5 and 6 says this, So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members of another, having then gifts, listen to this, differing according to the grace that is given to us. Each one of us have a grace given to us by God that gives us a different gift than other people have. Now, other people have the same kinds of gifts, but not everyone has your gift. And you don't have the gift of someone else. Every one of us have been graced by God with gifts and abilities, and we've been set in the body of Christ to use those gifts for Him. And he says, they did. wouldn't it be boring if we all had the same gift? You know, it, in my life, and honestly, I do not try to, but I can go into wherever, and the first thing I want to start doing is start setting things in order. I want to get them in order. I want things not just organized, but I, I, I just want an orderly way of being able to manage and get done what needs to be done. Somebody can say, well, this is what we need to do. And this is what you've got to accomplish it. Just give it to me. Just give it to me. I just can't wait to get it in order. It's a gifting. Administratively, God has gifted me that way. But you know, I realize that so many leaders that I work with in the church, they don't have that gifting and that means nothing to them. But they have gifts that I do not have and I need them. In working with the teams, I need them to help me accomplish what God's called me to do. And they need me whether they know it or not. So we all have gifts that differ. Amen? It's very important for us to understand that. Myth number two when it comes to serving in the church. The minister or pastor should do all that. That's why we're paying him or them. You know, whatever the case may be. Number one, let's get it straight. What does the book of Acts say? That the ministers are to give themselves to what? The Word and prayer. Why? So that they can come into a setting such as this and feed and direct and help the flock. And I'm going to tell you, if you do not spend your time in prayer and the Word of God as a pastor and you get up to share, you're going to be sharing about your trip to Arizona or whatever and it's not going to change anybody's life or make any difference. Now, you can share about your trip to Arizona if you spent your time in the Word and prayer, and it will bless and help people. But you see, people do not need speeches. People do not need a rehearsed whatever. People, the people of God need the Word of God because it is food for us. <clears throat> 
It is food for us, and it helps us grow, develop, and become what God wants us to be. And so a myth is that this is what the minister or the pastor is supposed to do. He's supposed to go pick up Sister Sally, and he's supposed to go run Brother Ron, you know, to uh, uh, to pick up something that he needs. And then he needs to come in here, and he needs to vacuum and, you know, um, put the offering envelopes in there. Can you imagine... Somebody would be so worn out, how can they do anything spiritually for anybody else? How can they use the gift that God's placed in them? See, we've got to have diversity of gifts. Gifts that differ. And everybody puts those gifts together and it's not too much for anyone. But it's overwhelming if there's only a few. And you know, I hate those statistics. I hate them that say... 20% of the people do 80% of the work. But you know what? I've discovered it's true. But you know what I'm doing? I'm doing everything I can in this body to see that changed. We're giving opportunities. We're exhorting. We're giving the Scripture to let people know what they can do and what they should be doing. And how God has placed those special abilities in their life. And they're to bring it, each one to bring it to the house of the Lord and do a service for Him in the kingdom. And it blesses the lives of everyone here. Amen. So that's a myth. Ministers are given, pastors are given to equip the saints. To equip them to get ready to do, now here's the word, the work. We're to do work. Work's hard. Work tires you. Work will frustrate you. But work will fulfill you in the kingdom of God. Amen? The third myth, if the church is organized, the the spirit can't move. That is a myth. You can organize the Holy Spirit out. We're, we're not going to say that that wouldn't happen. But because a church is organized does not mean that the Holy Spirit cannot move. The Bible says do everything decently and in order. And so the Holy Spirit likes order. Now I tell you what, the Holy Spirit is very capable of changing the plans of man. You know, you just lead a service and you'll know what I'm talking about. You think you have it planned out and this is the way I'll do it. And God says, no, I want you to do this. And that's what listening to the Holy Spirit, following the Holy Spirit, but yet you can do it decently and in order. You know, I know some people and they get their plans and, you know, a lot of times I do meetings and, and, you know, different things, a women's conference or, uh, you know, um, whatever, whatever. And, and so we'll get our agenda and we get our plan and that's fine and that's good. But I tell everybody, don't I, Joe, that works with me, you just know if God begins to speak that this thing is out the door. This will give us a direction, but once he tells me something else, we're going to follow it. So we can follow the Holy Spirit and still be in order. And because you're organized as a church doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit cannot move in your midst. I don't believe that at all. I believe that good churches can allow the gifts 
of other people to be used and they can grow and be developed and spiritually they can change their world. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.